Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Bachelor Machine, Science Fiction and Fantasy Erotica, written by M. Christian. Dazzling Visions of the Future Here are riveting tales of technology, desire, arousal, and innovation, told in an engaging and evocative style guaranteed to amaze as well as excite. Down-and-out hustlers, enhanced sex workers, enigmatic aliens, bleeding-edge erotic technologies, and more. Bachelor Machine is a unique vision of the future while celebrating humanity's oldest pleasure, sex. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Bachelor Machine. Hack work. Hit her, he said his voice an inch from my ear, inside my skull. Hit her now. The crop didn't feel like much to me, but I knew it felt more real to him, wherever he was. Hit her, damn it! His anger copper, his anger stars, and then, first warning, scrolled by my eyesight just outside my peripheral vision, sent straight into my optic nerve. The crop was light, almost not in my hand at all. She was on the bed, on her stomach, ass ripe and full, plump and soft, all but steaming with excitement, already flexing and releasing in preparation. Hit her now. It wasn't my first, but I remember that one very well, better than all of them. I was in New Orleans, dumped after my last fare's money ran out. I'd been stuck in a dingy French Quarter apartment with a lanky white trash asshole, a Bible Belt gigolo his body greasy and alternatively sagging and as hard as a rock as he fucked me. When I'd felt my fair start to come, ghostly quavers flickering up and down my spine and a phantom tightness in the crotch and balls I could feel but didn't have. I'd braced myself, predicting the fair to be a cheap bastard. Too true. As he came, so he went clipping the connection as his cock, wherever it was, started to spurt as he did, and his ghostly cock and balls vanished from my senses. I pushed the gigolo off and got as far away from his horribly bleached and spotted body, his sagging gut and his crooked spotted cock, as I could. I ignored his base complaints, a mix of locally mangled English, Spanish, and Japanese, spiced with a Tourette's syndrome streak of fucks, bitches, and motherfuckers at not being able to show his good, fine loving to me, the pretty lady, to claim my clothes, efficiently climb back into them, and leave as fast as possible. The day was pounding hot, a sauna-like only New Orleans could be. I swam, struggling for breath until I found the first bar I could find that didn't look like either a trap or too fucking expensive. I found a lonely booth, paid the attendant, a piebald mulatto Korean kid with a cheap Russian prosthetic hand, and found the unit. Sliding my thumb over the ID window, I charged up an hour of blissful oblivion, followed by a chaser of soulful self-examination. Too soon, the lights of heaven faded. The angels put away their instruments, and the clouds broke up behind my eyes. Then I felt them turn deeply inward, looking hard and long at the face they were stuck in. It wasn't a bad job. I've heard of worse. 
God knows, horror stories told to me by marionettes and jockeys sitting around company shops waiting for upgrades and maintenance of wet fun, thrill kills, near deaths, and even baby wipes, compared to being dumped in a box apartment somewhere with bloods to everything, to everything else. Copper scent too strong in your nose, and most of the face staring back at you from the bed, being a simple hired hack, was a good job. Blame the elegant facial structure, as it says on my vid catalog entry, the piercing blue eyes, clean, 36-25-36, long blonde hair, and fully compatible. But I hadn't had a day to myself, as myself, for almost three months. I was popular, I was busy, and I wasn't myself most of the time. When I was in the right mood, when I picked sarcastic self-assessment rather than soulful self-examination, I would say that I didn't really know who Rosalind Moss was anymore. Just someone in the back seat screaming out directions. The fair came on later that night as I was stretched out in yet another room in yet another coffin hotel. They all become one after a point. The broken telephone in Tokyo, the broken vid in London, the smelly mattress in Seoul, all floated and combined to form one fuzzy box, a place to wait and wait until someone told me what to do. Dispatch flickered, their fair waiting yellow and black status bar across my eyesight, covering the static fuzzy and rolling image of a local religious zealot spraying spittle as he and his topless nun begged for donations. Then the words. I had actually started to dream then, their tones and words warbling and wavering as I flew through dreamscapes, even rented ones, warning me that soon, very soon, I wouldn't be my own man anymore. Thank you for selecting Express Taxi Service, the premier service for high-class, equality personal escorts. In just a few moments, you will be connected to one of our expert and highly trained taxi personnel. You may feel some disorientation as your nervous system matches with our relay service. If you experience any form of discomfort or nausea, please summon the assistance of one of our monitors by patting your stomach twice. Please stand by while we interface with your Biomate transmission system. Thank you again for selecting Express Taxi, and we hope you have a pleasant trip. Interface. The falling over. The clean, crisp disorientation as the fair matches with me shakes hands with my cortical shunts and bioplast sensory nodes. Then, just like that, I didn't feel quite like myself. My senses had been subverted, processed, compressed by black magic algorithms zapped via the monowire antenna that ran along my spine to the nearest uplink and then to wherever the fair was, laying back and enjoying the scratchy mattress, the chill of the box's air conditioning, and the slight cramp in my leg. I got a little feedback from him, just enough to tell me that he was indeed a he, that he wasn't so short or tall as to screw up my balance. He got most of it, most of what I was feeling, tasting, seeing, hearing, smelling, from what I could figure, stretching myself with my usual series of slight exercises to orient him to my body's sensations, the way I feel things as opposed to the way he felt things. 
He was about my height and near enough to my weight. Once again, I felt the phantom sensation of a cock and balls. You can get used to anything, I suppose. Walking was the hardest part. Try putting one leg in front of the other sometime with a heavy and meaty sausage and meatballs between your legs after you weren't born with them. Took me months of practice not to move without waddling like a damned duck. When I was sure that he was comfortably settled in, riding piggyback on my senses, I introduced myself as rote and familiar as brushing my teeth or tying my shoes. Good evening, sir, I said to myself in the spacious confines of my pay-by-the-day aluminum coffin, my ears replaying the words to him. My name is Rosalind Moss, your taxi for this trip. I'm a 35-year-old biological female in top physical condition with no aches or pains that you need to be aware of. May I ask your name, sir? Go to 1213 Flood Street immediately. Take a cab. Don't waste any time. British accent poured thinly over somewhere else. Eastern Europe, Germany, Russia. Immediately and flood sounded fluid and bubbling. I'd been used to the cheap where time is really money. I knew the drill. I knew the man. Yet another vicarious fuck. Yet another nameless pickup so he could feel it like a woman. Me? Felt it. I thought at least. I was wrong. Be efficient, he added as I climbed out of my box. I knowed this town. I knowed the way. Outside the night was hot and sticky, a blanket wrapped around me, the day's legacy. People moved through it like underwater ferns and fish. I knew it must have been bad, sweltering, for me to feel it. For my fare, though, it must have felt like a steam bath. He wasn't new at this, of being a taxi fare, so I didn't bother to warn him about the markups on my expenses. I just walked out into the hard sodium lights and to the nearest call box and swiped my card. Pay for a rush, he said, the only thing he'd said since hiring me. Yes, sir, I said. What may I ask is to be your pleasure tonight. He didn't respond, so I leaned against the side of the call box in the heavy, hot New Orleans night and waited. Hey, what did I care? My meter was running. She was beautiful, stretched out on her huge bed, a midnight expanse that all but filled her bedroom. She looked up at me with huge earthen eyes, lit by quivering desire, a pulse-pounding fever. Her mouth was on my right nipple, painting it with the gleam of her wet lips hard almost to the point of pain. I felt her rub it with the cool strength of her white, ghostly white teeth. Then she really sucked, and I felt my legs turn to rubber and my cunt get heavy, wet, and hot. In my hand, the crop was light, all but intangible. We took a table near the back in the soft shadows where the industrial lights around the stage didn't reach. There was a red biolite in the center of the diamond plate tabletop, making it an island of rich blood. On the stage, a woman was cutting herself with a utility knife, sliding it in diagonal slices across her thin, boyish body. Even in the back, in the shadows of our ruby island, I could see the blackness of her blood dot, then streak down her belly, waist, and thighs, cutting and bleeding. She sang a meaningless song, canting her head back to rumble out a random handful of notes. 
a jumble of half-tunes, mostly lost above the chanting, drinking, and laughing crowd. We paid at the door, giving my card to a heavily modified doorman, his face all clear plastic as best to show off the geometries of the circuits running underneath. Then entered, pausing inside just long enough for my eyes to dilate against the shadows and the sanguine biolites. To the bar? You can see well enough now? Sir, I said, I don't know if you have been informed or not, but the consumption of consciousness modifiers of any form violates the terms of my hire. Not drink, just go. I went to the bartender, a giant black man whose skin was much too glossy, too thick to be organic, who held his stare on me longer than usual when he saw the taxi mark on my forehead. He was used to hacks and having to wait until the fare gave the orders. Ask for a crop. I want a crop, please. He smiled, showing teeth capped by twenty-two caliber bullets, a tongue the color of tire rubber, and brought out a plastic and nylon riding crop. Longer, smaller tip. I repeated my fare's instructions. His eyes were a brilliant red, as if filled with blood or wine. I noticed as the bartender brought out another. Pay him. I did. He swiped my card with cool reflexes. Take it to a table in the back. I did, and my fair and I sat down to watch the show. Sometimes she dropped an octave or two as she cut too deep, or just deep enough. Her. There were many. The place was busy. Boys in paint and piercings and nothing else. Blonde warriors colored in bio-glow circuits, primitive glyphs, and signets. Men roped with amplifier cords, their glandular immenseness augmented by the matte coils. Girls whose bodies vanished and appeared in slices from their fashionably designed industrial plastic dresses. Women with anger-lit eyes prowling the club and scratching the steel plate walls with their charged nails, leaving cascades of sparks and a machine shop howl. Her, the black one, in the simple dress, choker of floptical cable, diamond flashing eyes, the one that looks scared. She did look that way, hunted eyes scanning, trying to not make contact with anyone. She looked like she was caught, trapped as if the whole nightmare club had descended on her. She'd just been walking home, and the place had fallen on her. Despite the fevered dashes of her head, though, she didn't once step towards the door, towards exit. I timed it just right. When she turned, I caught her eye, gestured her toward our table. Her. I guess I was a lot less frightening than the others. Outwardly, inwardly, my fare was calm, patient. I didn't get anything from him but the dully flashing hired indicator just outside my range of normal vision. She sat down, smiled a flash of pure white teeth, and didn't say a word. Ask her what she's doing here. I tapped the taxi mark on my forehead, the tattoo that meant that I wasn't my own person and that my words too often were not my own. What are you doing here? She shrugged. Her hair was curly, close-cropped, dreads pinned by a tight band of dimly glowing fabric, its soft blue light making her face appear to be hovering immaterial above her black cloth, black body. I was curious, 
she said with a hint of a southern accent though not so strong as to beg her as being local off the streets i heard about it from a friend she told me some things i wanted to see for myself put the cup on the table ask her if she knows what it means i did as he told me as i was hired to do do you know what this means i do i know what it means does she really do you really i do i've been told i want to take her some place else if it's closer do you want to go some place nine the voice the force of it almost like a hard slap behind my ear in my skull do not ask tell her say to her we are going now do it she had seen the look of shock across my face she waited patiently we're going some place now better hers was closer a tiny apartment four blocks away i got maybe twenty feet from the unnamed club when he said come up from behind her take her wrists and put them behind her back do it sir it is against nine do you not understand yet this is foreplay this is before do as i say or i will complain i did what i was hired to do i reached over and grabbed her right wrist put it behind her back then followed with her left it was clumsy with the crop still in my hand but i managed thinking more of the act of juggling the nylon and plastic than what i was going to do might end up doing she leaned back into me shocked by the move the force though i had been as gentle as possible and tilted her head back kiss her wine a tiny trace of garlic her tongue was strong wrestling with mine her lips were fat and full i broke when he told me to said fucking slut when he told me to and pushed her hard back down the street she turned flattening herself against an ancient brick wall fear lighting her eyes i felt nausea boil in my guts there where i echoed feeling my mind fall into the groove retreat from my connection with what was going on it wasn't a technical thing i just didn't want to be there any more didn't want to be part of what was bubbling up i did as i was told following to her place waiting while she scanned her thumb climbing the steep steps with her going inside the place was dark so she clicked on a biolite that ringed her bedroom a huge black wrought iron bed a christ against the wall also huge looking like it might have fallen off some church sadly watching over her bed he said i did grabbing her shoulder and turning her so that she faced away from me he said i did putting my hand over her mouth cupping it as i bit down into the thick muscle of the back of her neck he said and yes i did taking hold of the dress and pulling hard hearing and seeing the cloth tear all the way down to her ankles throw her on the bed her back was hot like a pot left on the fire i shoved feeling myself pull back at the last resist the feeling to shove her really hard really throw her onto her expanse of black sheets and turned black iron turning she looked back over her shoulder at me like a wild animal hearing the hunter thrash through the brush she was gorgeous body full and rich rounded at ass thighs and breasts poured overflowing into purple bra garters hose no panties just a black fog of curly hair 
his voice thundering. Hit her! Nine, wait first. Take her ankles, pull her towards you. Idiot! Put the crop down first on the bed. Yes, pull her towards you. Good. Now turn her over hard. Do it, idiot! Yes, yes, such a pretty cunt she has. Such a pretty, pretty cunt. So black, she gleams, yeah? She shines for us, for me. Tell her, speak to her, tell her she is wet. Tell her that she is a cunt, just a pussy for us, tell her. The words jammed in my throat and stammered, but they came. I felt my body break sweat from my feet to my face. A fever of fear and disgust that made everything waver in the hot room. I wanted to drop away, to give up completely, and just let him have me do what he wanted to do with her. I just didn't want to watch anymore. But I didn't think, not once, for cutting the connection. I didn't know why then, and I don't know why now. Take off your blouse, take off your bra. I know they're hard because I can feel them. Do nothing. Do not say anything, just stand. I do. She turns quick and wraps her lips around my right nipple, sucking with her strong lips, teasing it with her strong teeth. One hand, her right reaches up to tickle my left. Take her hair, force her back. I do, drawing her off my nipple. Then she's free, panting like she'd been running, eyes fixed, first on my crinkled hard nipple, and then second, my face. Draw her up, pull her by her hair, do it. I lifted her by her hair, and with my other hand, her chin. She helped by climbing up onto her knees. Then she was kneeling in front of me. A nipple, a drop of coal on her breast. I saw, mesmerized, fallen free of her bra. Tear it off! I did, my arms following his directions. My mind disconnected and retreated into doing exactly what he said to do. Her breasts were lovely and as dark, large, but not fat, bigger than mine. They barely fell as the bra snapped and tore into my hands. She, almost falling forward by my earnest ripping, two nipples out, then both large and hard, blacker on black. Tell her that if she makes a sound or moves away, the game is over and we will leave. Tell her. I do, his words falling from my mouth. Take her nipples in your hands, thumbs and forefingers and squeeze. Hard, harder than that, you idiot. This is what she's here for, do it. I think about reminding him of our contract, that I could have a case of cutting him for abusive treatment of me. I don't, though. I don't. I can't say a word. I just take her nipples and capture them in my hot and sweaty hands, dimly aware of his cock, a phantom ache of hardness somewhere, and squeeze as hard as I can. Her eyes got wide. She began to breathe hot and heavy, like a horse after a race. Sweat making her reflect the dim green light in the room, polishing her with pain and something else. I was aware of her smell, rich and strong, as I watched her pupils widen until she stared at me, at me. Black walnuts quivering in pure cream. Run your fingers through her cunt. Get her juice on your fingertips. Hold them in front of her face. Say, this is what you are. I did. My body did, my mind in the back, shaking with fear and something else. She sucked my fingers, tasting herself and growling in heat. Take her, 
turn her hard and throw her on the bed. I did. Her ass was tight, hot, and glimmering on the bed. Her smell was even stronger. She rose up on all fours, the perfect globes of her ass parting, showing me herself, offering herself to me. Hit her. I held the crop and did not move, trapped between his bellowing voice and my own arm. I only do what he says I have to do. He does not have control. I will break the connection, pull myself in, zip myself up and leave. I will. Coward, you are afraid. God, you feel it, but you are scared. She wants this. She needs this as much as I need this. She wants the crop, idiot. She wants to feel your force, your power. That is why she is here, why I am here. Do it now, fool, or I will break and report you. We do this because we want to do this. I take nothing that is not offered. Look at her. She wants it more than your body. Hit her, damn you. Hit her and give us what we both want. Anger was a vibrating wire in my guts, around my spine. The crop was light in my hand, but I knew he felt it more than I did. My senses rerouted to my fare. Hit her now! His anger was an echoing copper taste in my mouth. He must have complained. VR slanged with one hand to transmit his dissatisfaction to dispatch because first warning scrolled by. Hacks were allowed only two. Anger at him, her or me. I didn't know then. Don't even know now. I hit her, clumsy and inaccurate. Good, but aim better. Hit her light at first. Get her used to your hand, the toy. Tap her. Aim for the sugar spot. There. Between her tailbone and the top of her thigh, parallel with her cunt. There. Hit her there. I did. My hand light at first, but with growing frustration and anger. Him, her, me, him, her, me. Soon my hand and the crop were a vibrant blur its plastic tip slapping her rich black ass. She quivered and shook, moaned and jumped. She made noises no lover before or since has made for me or any of my fares. She leaned back to get closer to each blow, then jumped forward at the crack of it, flexing, nodding her magnificent black ass. She echoed the impact with the clenching of the muscles in her thighs, her cunt. Good, good. Now you understand. Feed her the crop. Use it to make her moan and beg, cry and scream. Use it. Make it hard and fast and mean. Yes! His cock was hard, a ghostly ache that I couldn't touch. Somewhere, distantly, shamefully, my own cunt was streaming, aching to be touched, licked, satisfied. The crop went from a blur to a humming whack. As I used it faster and harder, harder and faster, she wasn't just moaning toward the end. She was crying and screaming with each sharp impact. Then, fuck her. I didn't have a real one, and his was wherever he was. But I knew, and he knew, exactly what he meant. I climbed up on the bed and sank my right hand into her, feeling the burning heat of her ass, of the furnace, of her cunt, with first one, then two, then three, then four fingers. It was only an aftermath, though, and he came as she came.
from something our quick fist couldn't touch, the whip. Then he was gone, pulled out and away. A bailable flashed across my vision. She was quivering, shaking from the crop and maybe from my hand. Just a little sadness dropped over me and I felt like crying. Her ass was burning so hot from the beating we, no, I had given her. She didn't seem able to relax, even as I wiped my hand of her wetness, carefully pulled the bedclothes up and over her, and put a pillow under her loose rolling head. She still jumped and quivered from the crop. I tucked her in and kissed her forehead. Her face seemed to be on fire, and her breath was quick and hot. I wanted to cry, the tears heavy in my eyes, making the room seem submerged. I went to leave then, but she called from the bed, a small voice. I went over to her, knelt down, and said, Sorry. Then she said, Call me, please, call me. I smiled and patted her head, almost saying I would. But then I knew, totally, then and there, that she didn't mean me, didn't mean Moss. She meant him. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Bachelor Machine. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.